Hello and welcome back to the Football Index. Oh God. Hello and welcome back to the Figcast Extra episode 20. As always, joined by Sporting Panda. How are you doing, my man? Hello, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to the listeners. I'm good. To the fans. Are you well? Are you excited about today? As always, this is the highlight of my Thursdays. It's easier than last night, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> tell you what, you know, I'm I'm glad that all the bad has gone out in, in our first ever one because, I don't know, for those of you that tuned in, thank you for being so patient. For those of you who didn't tune in, basically we did a live commentary of the Arsenal City game, City-Arsenal, and uh, their servers, the app servers went down, the hot mic servers went down as we started our stream, which was... Uh, of the um hiccup number one hiccup number two was a random monsoon started near where i live um genuinely rain was hitting the windows so hard i thought they were going to break and my satellite coverage just got absolutely decimated the power of nature and i didn't see anything so you i basically was listening to panda just as a listener for about 20 minutes pictures take over the play by play which a lot of people more challenging a lot of people preferred as well few people did yeah <laughs> but it really hard not to get sucked into watching so a game hard. like i'm used to and thinking about it and forcing yourself to talk about the action um quite an art form isn't it the guy the, you know the, the elite commentators mm. out there. i've got far more respect for them this morning than i ever did in the past same same i thought gary neville was just a bloke who knew about football who's just come in and randomly like got stuck yeah. into it but he's He's quite have you seen? Thing. Have you seen randomly the um, Clive Tildesley releases some of his historical commentary sheets? I don't know if you've seen these. No. He draws out teams uh, in kind of very neat boxes, so both starting lineups, and then next to each number, he's got age. He's got a little quirky fact about them, uh. and obviously, it's quite—it's uh, extremely talented because he kind of drops in these little quirky facts throughout the ninety minutes mm. and knows when to use them. But the preparation that goes into these games. Um, no, I've got a lot of respect for them. Have you also Tildesley, seen Peter Jury. Have you also seen some of his videos on Twitter where yes, he's just I in have. his garden and he's commentating on himself, like scoring an open goal? It's pretty. Hilarious. Yeah, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a few of them doing that, and uh, you can actually buy these commentary crib sheets. But um, <laughs> Might have to no, invest. so thank yeah, thanks for people that listening last night. Um, a few technical hiccups, wasn't it? Yeah, and then our stream just died. Apparently, they didn't know why the yes, hot mic customer support, yes. and then we started another. Yep. People liked it. Uh, joined again. We had about thirty or forty people live the whole time, which was pretty good. Uh, Tamas, the um, Hungarian hustler, was was oh, trading in and trading out, trading like a demon, like an wasn't absolute it? demon throughout that stream, wasn't he? he? Must have made a fortune last night. Yeah, we need to start charging that boy. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that's that's hot, Mike, isn't it? I'm sure we'll do a few more. I think we might stray from the Premier League a little bit in future ones that we do. But yeah, give us some feedback. Uh, we've also had already had some interesting ideas from Advincula's Index on the forum, where he said it'd be great to see the PB. Um, uh, scores on the screen as we're actually mm. live, which would be interesting. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how's your week been? It's been a busy week, isn't it, in the community? <sighs> yes. I feel like there's a lot to go over. I wanted to jump in straight off the bat today and give you a bit of a pat on the back for the inter- I haven't had a chance to comment yet on the uh, podcast last week, the Adam Cole Q&A. And to, to me, I really enjoyed it. I thought you did Thank a good you. job. Thank you. And it reminds me a little bit, right? You know my, you know my my job, obviously, a sports handicapper, better, whatever you want to call it. So it reminds me a little bit of the fact that I could show people my process and my notes and people would come to their own conclusions. 
And it reminds me a little bit of the podcast. You know, everyone's listening to the Adam Cole podcast and everyone's kind of drawing their own conclusions. Now, I think two things have been missed massively and not pushed enough. Number one, and you may not agree with me, but I wanted to get your take on it. This is a tier one operator now, okay? They're under extra scrutiny, extra regulatory requirements. Um, obviously, there's an element of enhanced due diligence that comes with that. It makes me feel fairly secure, more secure than ever, I'd say. And you don't become a tier one operator without a growing brand and growing finance. So by kind of that, that in itself gives me some confidence that they have stepped up now to be a tier one gambling operator. I thought Adam Cole showed awareness of revenue recognition. And for the accountancy geeks out there, I'm a bit out of touch. I obviously used to be an accountant, but under FRS 102, chapter 23, um, they talk about revenue recognition. And that was a new thing that was brought in a few years ago after I left the, the kind of practice. But they brought in a big six accounting firm to beef up their financial reporting quality. Again, another positive. And the biggest takeaway, which people have missed, I think, one hour 13, go back and listen to it, right? You ask a question to Adam around uh, 10x growth, how you're going to get there. And he uses the words here, we are now becoming a credible alternative asset class to those who, in quotation marks, can't use the word invest, but they spend money in that area. Um, and to me, that is so exciting. You know, that it, I don't know, it suggests, and you might be able to speculate, that some institutional investors have actually expressed an interest. And this is a result of the NASDAQ Association, I think. You know, and why does it matter, people may say? Well, because potentially big money's coming in. You know, and the NASDAQ Association doesn't just give tech improvements. It gives credibility and access to potentially interested parties. You know, and to me, that is hugely exciting. So, yes, we can get caught up in little bits of the matrix. Is a cross worth, worth more or less? You know, media, can we get the sentiment right? But I step back and I look at tier one operator standard. I look at a recognition that the platform has to step up. Management have to kind of sharpen up now. And I look at potential interest from institutional investors. And I just think, wow, that's what I take away from it. But I find it stunning that the community that we're a part of can pick holes in one word here or there, try and be negative about it. You know, I, I understand that there was a couple of elements of that podcast which were a bit scratch head. You know, I think you tried to talk to Adam around um, market uncertainty, right? And I think Akash and Adam pushed that towards game rules, which was a fraction naive for my liking. I'd have liked them to be aware that it was PB matrix change we were, we were talking about. So don't get me wrong. There are improvements to be made. We'll always call them out on it. One thing we pride ourselves on this podcast is being like, you know, unbiased and fair. But to me, people have missed the headline message. We're going to make as investors or, or gamblers, I think. Sorry, we are gamblers on this platform. We make far bigger returns, the better the platform is, the more growth we've got. So I look at tier one operator, I look at, you know, being a credible alternative asset class. To me, that just, it excites me a great deal. And I don't see that mentioned anywhere, but mm. rent over. Is that, <laughs> is that right? Is that fair? Or have I, have I gone too hard? I think, I think you're fair. But I mean, f I think we're quite similar in looking at FI from a bigger picture standpoint. We know that if F, and I think I said this on the podcast with, um, Sam and Sigmund that I recorded last night that goes out this Sunday and I basically said that I've always looked at it as a bigger picture thing and if we're at 120 million pounds now and at 1 billion is the next like milestone we're just over 10% in the into that journey and yeah exactly but but like MB and PB they are big facets of the of the product but in fact like being able to build the matching engine in house 8 weeks A to Z is very impressive right like let's let's look at this like uh what was when was jude bellingham ipo'd like nine months ago 
Oh, no, not nine months ago. Was it 12? Maybe? No, not that long. Really? It was six or seven months well, ago. However many months ago, let's say six Let's say six months for argument, right? So in six months, FI have essentially gone from not being able to have 30,000 people on the platform at the same time, which is what Akash said on the on the official podcast where he said 37,000 people tried to buy Jude Bellingham and we were basically fucked. They've gone from that to a state where they've built the matching engine internally in eight weeks. And I just found, I was quite blown away. And I don't want, I don't want to give all credit to Akash. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's obviously lots, been loads of hires. They've, they've got a lot more uh, manpower um, in their workforce from a tech perspective. But that's mighty impressive. And he was so adamant that they are ready for any level of demand from IPOs and kind of the platform stability. For me, that's a big thing. And I'll tell you why it's a big thing. You can do all the marketing in the world, but if people come on the platform and the tech shit and they hate it because they can't click on this button or the app crashes, they're going to fuck off quite quickly, Right. Retention is the most underrated thing in marketing, and I think the more users that FI retain, the less they have to spend on marketing, if that makes sense, right? So if you can retain your users by a combination of giving value to as many players on the platform, having robust game rules that are set in motion for however many years, and also having a robust tech platform, I think you've got the golden kind of recipe for for success and becoming a multi-billion pound uh, alternative asset trading platform and i think we're, we're basically one step in right the tech has mightily improved and nobody's talking about it people like to sensationalize the negative but i've not really seen that many people say wow to build me's in eight weeks that's actually pretty impressive well that's another thing yeah, tech I, I, I haven't seen many people kind of say wow a t1 operator standard that's quite some journey you know they've been on i haven't seen anyone really eulogize the kind of eight weeks in-house building of me obviously with the nasdaq being pushed back and um, yeah, the alternative asset class awareness. And um, I, t- to me, it's very positive. Over the last 20 weeks, we have called them out on a couple of things and we will continue to do so. And they're not perfect. And there are elements which perhaps they're behind. But big picture, I think people are getting too granular and too caught up in the, in the minor details, um, which I guess is is the nature of trading. I think we're seeing it as well with PB football returning. You know, to win PB, performance buzz and those dividends is incredibly difficult. And um, it does require patience. You can hone your strategy. So you can talk about a fixture analysis. You can think about form of a team, form of a footballer. So you can try and circle an area of, uh, I guess, a period of time where they've got more chance of winning PB. But it's incredibly difficult. And if you haven't got that patience and that awareness, then we see the sell-offs, don't we, within half an hour of a bad performance, judging someone which you know who isn't fully fit. People getting carried away when they score a goal off the sub-bench against a ragged, tired 10-man team. So, you know, th- there is that knee-jerk reaction to it, and, and we're all guilty of it, and I guess that's what makes the platform fun. But at times, it's a little bit frenetic and frantic. Um, but, you know, so that, so that was good. So I, didn't think, I thought you did a good job. Cheers. There. Thank you. Thank you. What did you get up with your week? Um, well, listen to, caught up with your podcast. I've been offline, um, so I haven't responded to many DMs. I've been away from Sunday to Wednesday, so I've got a lot to catch up on. Um, I've been let down by Mountain Buggy and Apple massively this week, <laughs> right? I've ordered a new Mountain Buggy. Um, uh, oh, what do you mean okay. a Mountain Buggy? Well, like a... Sorry, Mountain Buggy are the brand, and they offer like a buggy or push chair for my little one to go in, like more robust, so you can jog with it, so you can take it over the forest nearest. We've got some commons. Um, it's just disappeared i'm fuming with them this is awful and they haven't even got a uk contact number if anyone works for mountain buggy or knows anyone out there can you just let me know because you know 599 pounds has vanished 
I don't know where the buggy's gone and they're not getting back to me. That's upset me. I tell you another thing that's upset me. Ordered a new iPhone, right? All right. Gone completely. What? Someone else has signed for it. You're yeah. joking. No, so they've raised an investigation. I had to go oh, on Apple chat word. online. They had to DPD. I don't know where they've put it. Someone signed for it. I've never heard of this person. So an investigation's underway, but because of COVID and all the backlog, um, it might take two or three days to get back to me. So you need to I'm stop, be, phone stop be trusting of these delivery drivers, mate. No, it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not delivery, it's DPD. No, 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 but, but just, uh, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, I see. You think they've... That's a good point. Got to be savvy, mate. Yeah. Too trusting. Got to be savvy. Too trusting. Yeah. Got to be trust- yeah. tra- savvy in this in this world. You know, COVID, yeah. job cuts, people. You know, push chair. Yeah, they can sell true. that for three hundred quid on the black market to to a wheeler and dealer like Tamash. Probably sell it to, sell it for more. I mean, Tamash could be the. Yeah. He'd probably sell it back Tamash to you for about four hundred fifty quid. <laughs> yeah, he would. His trading last night on Willock was quite exceptional. For those who um, um, we said we mentioned him. And Eric Garcia. I think I think he managed he, to yeah, Eric Garcia, and then, before he and then he picked injured. up Foden at, at the end, didn't he? I don't know. The man's a monster. No. So he needs to be stopped. He is. It needs to be stopped. Yeah. Um, what we're going to start doing on the pod now, going forward, is we're going to not reflect on last week's episode, but obviously me and Panda can be stupid sometimes, and we don't really prep for this, so we do talk a lot of shit. A lot of people call our, call us out for things or challenge, which is good, which is great. Love it. Um, we. we... <laughs> We get kind of challenged, we get in debates via DM on the timeline, etc. which we, we love them all. But last week, one of the things that was raised, and I think this was a challenge to you, Panda, was whether or not being away really matters when you're playing against a home team with their fans. And a lot of people were bringing up some interesting studies about how that actual home bias, quote-unquote, is, is a bit overrated. Mm. Thoughts? Well... Uh, no extra thoughts. I think the Bundesliga, obviously we've got quite a small um, fraction of games. It's a small sample size, isn't it? So it's reckless to just take that small sample size and, and um, extrapolate and kind of come to a, a full conclusion. But everything I've studied over the last 10 plus years in the sports betting world, home field advantage is is a fact. And whether that's comfort or being in your own routine, whether that's having geographical landmarks in terms of shooting and angles at home field, at home pitch, if it's neurological, you know, players get an extra boost from their fans, feeling the, the opposition players feeling the pressure of those fans, um, or refereeing decisions is a big one which people don't think about. Mm. Referees, well, I'm, I'm going to back right, you up on this me. one actually because there's a there's a there's a quote from Dennis Itikin. Yes. Bundesliga right. referee and he's said that his heart monitor stats have been lower with no crowds compared to having crowds which is pretty yeah, amazing there isn't it go. there you go I mean that's game set and match, game set and match panda, panda. this is what I mean and, and NFL, NFL referees have discussed that sometimes when a team when they're refereeing a game and a team is coming back you it's very difficult not to give some decisions if the home team's coming back from a large deficit you it's very difficult to be a robot and not get caught up in the emotions of it and not make an errant refereeing decision based on crowd noise, pressure, your heart rate's elevated. So there you go. That's a, that's that's a one one in the column for Panda. Good fig. One Good in fig, the coffers. Yeah. One in the coffers. I'm glad we started doing this this week rather than that week where Jordan called me out about um, most left backs having uh, trained and played as wingers because that would have been a, a 01 for fig yeah it's, um, it's but, the most yeah. important i love that though people listen and then do some little corrections there used to be a show in the u.s called around the horn still on it's a, like a magazine show around the around horn, the horn 
and they horn yes, h-o-r-n very popular on okay. espn and they have four sports uh, journalists in it's like a square split into four segments and they all take turns debating a topic and at the end there's a guy who does a kind of okay here's what you missed like a correction piece actually it might not be uh-huh. around the horn it might be par- pardon the interruption but they do a correction uh-huh. piece where you what did you get wrong in the show so it's quite useful that we've got our listeners to correct us because obviously we um yeah, we do make the odd mistake, seeing as we do this kind of off the cuff. <laughs> Keep doing it, please, yes. people. Um, just before we get into talk a bit about the footballing calendar, which seems to be a bit of a mess, I need to plug the Patreon. If you guys haven't already checked out the Fig Patreon, then head over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide, get some of the best in depth premium behind the scenes content for Football Index and uh, check it out for as little as a three quid. Uh, there's five pound, eight pound, and twelve pound tiers as well. Um, check it out. People are people are enjoying it so far and uh, looking forward to, to push more of the, the content out there. I think, uh, Panda, we postponed our webinar, didn't we, until the end of June? Oh, um, yes, I did miss that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Due to, due to your due to your break so we're gonna um do that at the end of the month which which should be good fun but football calendar with the uh, champions league seemingly to happen during august this is proving to be a bit tricky if you kind of try and overlay the transfer windows especially if different leagues there's a couple of things that stressed me out this week um (laughs) (laughs) one being marcus rashford which we've got some questions on so we'll save that and the second is the football calendar and um yeah, it's not having this element of control over it and not really knowing when windows are going to open. We're going to have a very different off-season, aren't we, compared to last summer? I mean, for those who weren't on the platform last summer, we had some youth tournaments. Was that last year? So we had a big surge on youth players, didn't we, Rising? Was that last year? I think it was. 2019. Yes. yes. And then we had some pre-season tours of Asia and um you know, the North America and some youth players and teams in squads obviously get got some big exposure. And we had a long transfer window with no football on. So it felt like every dog had his day, didn't it? It felt like if you were David Brooks at Bournemouth, if you were, you know, random player in France, there would always be a day when you hit the top of the media and you picked up some dividends because of the links to Premier League clubs or what have you. So this summer, I was going to ask you today, I mean, the impact of this in terms of media holds it's quite large, isn't it? I wouldn't be comfortable being on secondary or tertiary transfers, would you? I mean, do you not think that media dividends and the transfer returns are have fallen significantly? Well, it depends when they're going to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? It depends when they're, if, the, if the window's open till October, then oh, it's very hard to predict. I mean, last, last night was a fluke, wasn't it? So last night we saw Marcus Rashford winning media with overturning the government decision on free lunches and then and then what we can decide what we can decipher is we saw one of the most dire i think probably the worst premier league forwards in, in history <laughs> yeah. from david louise and the, the worst pb score in history minus also, 50 uh with minus 50 yeah. um and then an interview after uh with him that, that just like you know jammed the rod right in my back and twisted it if i was a marcus rashford holder that would be probably the worst evening of my life. Um, yeah, I do feel bad for but, yeah, yeah. you know, um, it was a fluke, but you're right. But, but we're going to see flukes. I mean, clearly, if it, was a, if it was a non-contentious winner, arguably, let's say Sergio Aguero pops up with a winner and a narrow, a narrow victory, you're probably not going to see him overtake Marcus Rashford's media score. But with, with football matches being on, you've got your single-place media, haven't you? And you've got a chance that something out of the ordinary happens in the football match, 
which means it's going to overtake the media story of the day. Um, so for players like Memphis Depay, I don't really mean to call out names, Victor Ossiman, I'm just trying to think of some three to five pound... Not top tier. Yeah, I'm not talking transfers. about your Kai Havertz's, maybe Timo Werner, the 50 plus million pound signings. But for that layer underneath, Ryan Fraser, I don't know, many names you are potentially now going to be pushed down the pecking order of winning dividends because there just isn't going to be that eight-week spell of silly season where there's no football on and you're going to get loads of transfer stories written. I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere. and I guess we don't know ourselves, do we, what Football Index are going to do about that? No, no, we don't. It's, um, it's, I'm just it's trying to find the tweet tough. from yesterday. I thought it was quite notable. Did you pick it up? That they, they crossed out the word media and they put in match dividends, didn't they? And they released the calendar because for those of you who may not have seen it, we've got Europa League and Champions League being played all through August. And then it looks like September. Do we know what's happening in September yet, Fig? League, league uh, returns. Start of the new seasons. Oh. League on Bundesliga, Premier League. All, all, all starting in September. Team, I, I, they have to. Wow. Don't they? They have to, don't they? I, otherwise, yeah. otherwise when it, they have to be ready for the Euros, don't they? Yeah, I thought maybe they could mess around with some domestic trophies and clear up some time that way. I think they're going to start in September. So you think the, so the Premier League at the moment finishes in, what, the end of July? Yeah, and I think they'll start in September. So four weeks off. Uh, Ish, yeah. four to a five weeks. Probably mid-September, yeah. I'd say six yeah. weeks. It's a pickle, isn't it? And then we've got Bayern Munich now. So Bayern Munich players, when they won the Bundesliga a couple of nights ago, my initial reaction, I was going to mention it to you, is do we see rotation now? Because they've won the Bundesliga. But then on the other side of the coin, well, hang on, they've got Champions League to play in about eight weeks. Mm. So do they want to keep the conditioning and the fitness up of a couple of the lads and keep playing their strongest team? Or do they blood some youth? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so tricky. It's the PSG conundrum, usually. I, PSG are, <sighs> win the league so early and then Champions League, they, they don't feel ready. Do you, think, do you think that's having an impact on the market in terms of just... I think Adam Cole has got a little portion of blame for his Q&A. Potentially unfairly, potentially not. But do you not think that it's just a case that we've got a very quirky calendar and we've got yeah. quite a lot of announcements from Football Index to be confirmed in the summer and no one really knows where to kind of plant their plant their foot and play a stroke or put their cash? Do you think that's creating some uncertainty? Yeah, I think it is. And I think that um, in an ideal world, you fast forward to September, we've got a revamped media, um, we might have sell side order books and we've got all five leagues playing at the same time um that seems like a very very good situation compared to the one that we're in now where you know we've just had the announcement that ffp have suspended uh you know <laughs> the financial um that that body is you know they've suspended ffp for 12 months across all european football clubs so you know the Chelsea spending doesn't seem that crazy, for example, and uh, we might see some bigger deals than we might have anticipated. Absolutely. I don't think it's... I think it's very difficult to use historical trends to play and trade through this summer. I think it's going to pay to be agile and kind of just see ball, hit ball. What I mean by that is just react on the fly and the best traders will be able to be agile yeah. and kind of... See ball, hit ball. Like yeah, that. it's like a mantra for cricket or tennis, I think, isn't it? Like not <laughs> overthink... How my how my kind of load up is gonna how my footwork's gonna be how am I gonna take the racket back you know just see ball hit ball and I think that's be one of my mantras to just stay in the moment and present and just kind of yeah not overthink and plot too much because there's so much up in the air I think it is quite challenging. 
I'll tell you another guy, yeah. I'll tell you another classic figure, and I don't mean to hammer him as well. Who's the guy, Go the striker on. at uh, Leon? who in the past... Dembele. Yeah, see, I'd have held quite a big holding in him in the past because I think he's moving this summer. But because he may move in a period where, I don't know, the Champions League's on or what have you, his transfer may go under the radar and not pick up any dividends for it. Fascinating. Uh, very congested calendar, which I'd love to see um, any of the list. I don't know, any ideas how people are going to play it out there? I don't think it's been discussed enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just as an aside, Eric Garcia's all right after that big collision last night. Oh, good. I saw um, um, Laporte uh, tweet about him and said that he'd be okay with a few days rest. Hmm. Mm. Um. Well, I think that's all we wanted to cover because I think this is a record for the most questions that we've ever had. Um, so we might actually get straight into them. And whilst I stall and plug the athletic, you can bring it up on screen. Okay. Yeah, we we wanted to give something back to the fans this week and try and quicken up the responses and try and get through these. Try questions. and do quick fire. Quick fire through as many as possible. But just before that, today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic. They're a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage. They've actually just extended until May 2021 to sponsor the podcast, which is amazing. So thanks everyone who's uh, listened. Use the, the FIG code. So uh, that's um, theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIG. Uh, amazing sports writing, amazing articles there. You get 50% off your annual subscription. It's £2.49 a month. Panda, I'm going to ask you the question. Oh no! Apart from your phone and the mountain and the, buggy, and the mountain buggy, <laughs> have you purchased anything that costs more than two pound forty nine recently? Oh, I, I, know, I should know this question's coming. Um, I can't think. Mind has gone think. blank, which is incredible. We'll, we'll go for the buggy then. Go for the buggy, please, this week. Yeah. Have you got a question to hand? Right, I'm gl- chronological. Going to try and be a lot quicker this week, guys, for you all. And uh, I wish they could they could filter in the amount of likes they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wish we could filter that, but we annoyingly can't. If I run through Twitter chronologically, perhaps you can run through Discord. Oh, or yeah. Or both. Let's see if we've got any right. Discord. I don't think we've got any Discord questions today. Oh. Lazy buggers. Bloody hell. Well, will you Liverpool give to fans. them? Classic. Right. Okay, Classic. on our marks. Get set. Go. FI Headhunter. Prices of the top three, please, when we hit one billion market cap in two years, and who will they be? Um, so three hundred and seventy-five pounds, two hundred and fifty pounds, and uh, two hundred pounds, and that's a re- with a reverse share split. Um, actually, oh no, not in two years, maybe three years. I'm going to do mine in three years with a reverse share split, and we can buy uh, like decimals of a player. Um, don't know who the top three would be. Probably Sancho, one of them. Um, probably Mbappe, the other, and I don't really know the third. I would probably say Sancho Mbappe, and then I'm trying to think of one of these wonder kids who maybe Jao Felix, if he if he kind of changes club. No, he probably might be a touch old by then. Who is um... in two years? Probably Erling Haaland if he's at Man U. Oh wow, okay, fair. Mm. Fair. Um, FI FPL addict is PB being ignored somewhat? What do you think of this Champions League mini tournament idea? Could be volatile trading then. So we've basically lost one gold days worth of football because. There's not, they're not going to be two legs. Yeah, we lost a gold day of football, but we've made up for that because we're going to have teams playing with no competition, aren't we, each day? Or would that have always been the case? Because quarterfinals, rather than have two quarterfinals per night, we're going to have one per night. So your players have probably got probably, well, they have got more chance of winning on any given day. Um, so 
I don't know how volatile it's going to be, really, with one game. Uh, the, the rewards will be high. Um, I like the idea of it. Um, what was the other part of the question? Um, is PB tri- B- PB's being ignored, sorry. Um, yeah. I just think people are being a bit knee-jerk around PB at the moment. You know, I think that when football wasn't on for 10 or 12 weeks, we do build up this mentality that you kind of have this vision of a PB player coming out and dominating week in, week out and scooping loads of dividends. In reality, that doesn't happen. They're lacking a little bit of fitness. There's five substitutions. So I just think people are being a little bit knee-jerk on, on some of their holds. Um, but I don't think it's being ignored. You mm. think? Mm. I don't think it's being ignored. I just don't think we have the consistency. And now, if a German player has a high score, do you buy? You'd, like, if he's not going to have... I don't We think, talked about this last week. We did. We? Well, we spoke about this three weeks ago. I think it was a Monday night game when Christoph Nkunku won PB. And I noticed he didn't go up. And I think Marcus Trem won on a Sunday, didn't he? And we said on the show that week, well, I'm surprised Marcus Trem didn't get up to £2.50+. Plus. And, and interestingly, just on him, his spread is the same as it was that day. And now he's been ruled out for the season and he might have surgery. Isn't that interesting? Well, this, wow. Very generous spread. But I guess there's a lot of hard money in there now that's waiting yeah. for next season. You know, a lot of the mm. a lot of the flip money and the people looking to get in and out quickly have gone. So the the, the buyers in him and the cash in him now are the believers. Mm. Mm. All right. Your um, yep. Uh, viewing uh, viewing party at Casa Panda for AJ versus Fury. This is in the show pony. Well, pony's welcome. Yes, I guess that's just to me, isn't it? Though. <laughs> yeah, AJ Fury. It's. Uh going to be a big event it'd be big absolutely event. massive in 2021 in the middle east though oh. potentially so two final paydays for aj before he bows out um i'll give <laughs> really? you really do you reckon i think that's why it's over the year all the drugs he uses aren't you know allowed in the us anymore so he has to go to the middle east i'm not a big aj fan um talking turkey i'll give you another one here are you excited by oh. nasdaq and adam cole's mention of the index as an alternative asset class we actually done a big piece on that didn't we we did so yeah, i better I give am. you another one i am you are excited. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. And one of the main reasons I'm excited for it is, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like having institutional money in FI really excites me. I think that, it's fair. That, yeah. Just the thought of that it, really it, excites me. I don't think you say that without there being some loose interest and mm. questions being asked about placing money or, in the platform. Or that's the aggressive intention. Yes, and either way you look at it, I'm encouraged. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, talking turkey. Do you follow him? Yeah, uh, I've seen him around. <sighs> another one of your animal friends. A superb account. Yeah, the turkey is one of the brightest minds I think on the platform. I don't know who he is, but you know, I like his comments. Right. Uh, FI Jim, great work last night, guys. Thank you, Jim. Could you discuss Opta problems today? What is FI's relationship with Opta? I yeah. assume FI pay Opta to deliver a service, data mm. for PB, mm. player positions data. Are there other providers FI could use instead? Should they build something in-house instead? FI are totally reliant on Opta. Last night wasn't a one-off. It was Opta's error, but Impact Trade is confident in FI. Should we accept that with around 2,000 games a season across all PB comps, mistakes happen and we just have to accept them. Yeah, good question. Good question. Let me bring up, a, I randomly saw a tweet from someone that used to work Opta today. Let me, I didn't see this question from Jim, but I do like the question. Number one, now you can, I'm keen on your opinions, Vic, but for me, you don't want to build anything in-house because it leads to more no. scrutiny and it's a nonsense idea because oh, we're all going to be challenging that is, them. That is a terrible idea. That's just one of the worst ideas actually, I've heard. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Yeah, uh, I don't think even Jim believes it. I think he's just heard, maybe heard other people ask it and he's just curious. The last thing we want is them controlling not only MB, but PB. When you've got 
the largest data collector of football matches out there in Opta. Why not lean on an independent third party and keep your hands clean of it and not, you know, have any impact on bets and keep it impartial? So, no, we don't want it in-house. Totally now, agree. I've got a tweet here for you, Think This is from a former Opta analyst. Oh, I, I have it on my phone in front of me. Oh, wow. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? You're usually uh, a good reader. Um, uh, you want me to read it? I don't mind. I was just going to say he's he's going to come on the pod in July. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great guy. Um, what, you go for it. You go for it. Okay. You it. I'll try and surmise it and read quickly. But So this guy used to work as an Opta football analyst. He says, Opta data collection is not tailored for FI, which we knew. The data goes to all manner of stakeholders, from betting companies, broadcasters, to governing body, to individual clubs. FI is a relatively small fish in a big pond. So that's number one to, to be aware of. As a result, you can't expect Opta to produce data for FI that will meet its exact needs. The idea that data changes in favour of accuracy are fuck-ups are misconstrued. Um, our remit was to produce the most accurate data possible You know, when he worked there. That might not suit your agenda as an FI trader with certain holds. Sometimes changes after matches are enforced by higher powers, such as the league, um, even when they are not correct Sorry, even when they are not correct by Opta standards. Mm, a bit weird language there. but So essentially, yes, there are pressures and powers that be that enforce some corrections to be made when they review the game tape the day after. It is impossible to ever produce analysis of a football game that is entirely and objectively correct. This is due to the impossibility of object... Impost this is due to the impossibility of objectively defining the events of a football game with all of its nuances. So one analyst... This is a good. I know some. I know a couple of people that work at football betting syndicates in London, and they have game watchers, and you know they have training sessions and webinars on how to record headers in terms of what expected goal to give it, depending on if you're coming away from goal, if you're going into the goal, where should you designate a cross? Because obviously you're mapping every action. It's difficult. So he goes on to say, therefore, FI gets what it pays for. If you think FI can go wading into enforced changes or data, you are deluded. I am in favour of dividends being paid later to allow for a rare occasion in which data would be updated hours after the game. There's a lot to take in there, but and apologies for messing up a couple of times, but ultimately, in my opinion, I don't see anything wrong with the system as it is. And maybe I'm going to get shouted down here. You know, I like the instant payout at midnight and you know where you stand with that. They did pay out Neymar about six or seven months ago, and that was after a lot of pressure from social media. But they drew a line in the sand. They tweaked their game rules. We all wanted them to tighten up their communication and game rules. They tightened it up. They said the result at midnight stands. And I'm afraid that it's transparent. And that's the way it is. Does it not get messy if we start now having a 12 hour delay while we give them a day to review data? We then get paid dividends retrospectively a day in lieu. Mm. What do you think, Fig? I don't mind the 4 a.m. idea. Uh, but but when did the corrections come in? Is it not when they get back into the office the next day? I'm not actually sure. I'm not maybe we need sure. some mm. we need some more clarity on that. But I think considering some of the shouts for four a.m., I'm presuming it happened okay. between midnight and the early morning. So I'm not mm. too sure. Maybe they have okay. you know Opta are probably international, right? Maybe they have people yeah working in Asia that are how many hours ahead of us if you're in south yeah but if you're was, in um, hong kong you're like eight hours ahead seven hours ahead so i don't think it's that many but yeah is it something like, i don't know yeah okay like uh maybe yeah, maybe maybe but let's, it's let's 11, move it's on. 11 it's 11 51 yeah yeah, out, yeah. Okay. so yeah 
Oh, I was right. Seven hours. Yeah, seven. You said eight. <laughs> I said seven. Eight, <laughs> seven. Well, we're BST now. If we're a GMT, it'd be eight, right? Uh, it's GMT plus eight. Yes. There we go. There we okay. go. Fig one. Fig one panda. So ultimately, <laughs> if, if, if you could say to me at 4am, we will have concrete opta data and there are no changes to be made, then I could see the argument of moving it to 4am. Dependent on technology and, you know, how easy that change would be to make. But we don't want, I don't believe we want data analysts in-house FI reviewing data, reviewing games. It's a nonsense. And you shouldn't just be reviewing, I don't believe, the top scores. Because what about if someone in fourth place who missed out by 10 points, you know, needs a review as well? We can't just pick and choose who we review. So I think we want to rely on an independent third party as, as, you know, as much as possible. But we need to find out when the changes are locked in by Opta. I think to share more. Mm. Mm. Uh, is it your go? No, it's yours. Okay, Ginger Pirlo, uh, FI. He's got a quite a quite a strongly worded one. I asked you both last week how you would rate FI's understanding of the product from a trader's pe- point of view and give you a rating out of ten. You both rated them highly. Do you remember what we rated them? Um, Did we I say can't seven? remember. I know we rated MB and PB last week, didn't we? Yeah. I don't remember what we rated actual management. Yeah. Seven-ish, yeah. Do you want to have a good rethink given the issues and statements they have out? They have barely any understanding whatsoever. Slight expansion. Fig had to ask the same question around uncertainty to Adam and Akash on his pod, and they just couldn't fully understand what he meant or was getting at. Then Akash gave away that he likes the game, uh, the fact the game rules could change every 30 days. It's beggar's belief, lads. I don't know. I, I think... Fairly shrewd customer, Pirlo. I've quite enjoyed your trading, by the way, um, recently. Uh, I think he's picked out the same point that I did around them not understanding market uncertainty with PB Matrix and them alluding to game rules. I said this at the start of the episode. I'm not sure what other issues and statements he would mean. He would have to get back to us or get back to me. Do you? But Has your opinion gone down on them? Understanding? Uh, I think different people at the company are going to have different understanding of the the kind of product and how um how traders think how traders feel about the product um and well like mike has been on the podcast before and adam has been on the podcast before and said we don't want to say things we don't think are concrete um to ensure that people don't get that uncertainty and they've probably actually fell and fallen um uh ill of that recently you know with the germany thing but i'll, I'll kind of give them a bit of cut them a bit of slack because covid came sure enough straight after that but do you know what i mean like it's very hard for them to sit on a non-official publication can you imagine the outrage if they we we used to i think hang on adam cole's every word as traders in the community and look for a hint and you know gamble off of that that isn't the way to go about it and can you imagine if they come on and gave a definitive answer like pb matrix isn't changing to you and you knew about it five days before other people there would be outrage and pitchforks but but, but it's not even that not every single trader listens to this podcast so well, exa- well precisely like, yes what would you because like if i knew five days before and i had like a couple million pounds spare then sure that would be a big issue but i, I definitely don't but the other issue is that it's not an official way to publicize things yeah yeah and it's not um and it's uh you know there are people on 
FI that don't listen to this podcast, that don't listen to podcasts at all. So it, it would be very unfair for them to 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 kind of talk about things that um, would change the underlying intrinsic value of bets. Now, you know, if they talk about NASDAQ, if they talk about um, uh, insurance products in the future, which sounded quite interesting as well, I think that's something that maybe we missed off earlier in the show. Those kind of things, they don't necessarily... Uh, change the intrinsic value of bets but they are very interesting about the product and company so i i, I do get where pelo is coming from i do think that certain people at the company know the product inside out and certain people at the company might not know it inside out i mean in akash's um uh defense he's been there what like three four months uh you know fi is a very complex product to get your head around it's it doesn't take it doesn't happen overnight but, but I, th- I thought they offered some very insightful answers around pooled liquidity and the complexities there with your fx translation issues so a german trader would have to translate the euro into gbp and then potentially buy shares out of the london hq and you know we don't always think about those those issues um in the community of traders so i thought they did offer some interesting insight to that and you know, I look at it, you know, I used to work at PwC and some of the lead partners there, when they'd visit us on jobs, um, they wouldn't understand always the very nitty gritty and some of the more, you know, granular problems because they're looking at things at a macro level, a whole piece level. So it, I think you're right. It depends on who you talk to at FI in terms of how close they are to understand in the nuances of it and the product. Mm. Uh, your turn. Yep. Who are the best... Who are the best three Premier League holds for the conclusion of the Premier League season slash European Cups? Chris Barker. Premier League. Mm, interesting. Uh, European Cups. Well, just pre- Premier guess League. You'd have to put Bruno up there, wouldn't you? Bruno, tick. I think um, so. I mean, I'd put a Liverpool player in there, but they don't have Champions League football. Mm. Uh, but if you had to pick a Liverpool player in there, who would you go for? Probably Trent or yeah. Van Dijk. Yeah. yeah, one of them could be winning media when they lift the trophy as well. Yeah, it'll be a week of media coverage for them winning the title, maybe. Uh, so you go for Van Dijk or Trent, Bruno, and then Bruno, and then who else in the Premier League? No Arsenal players. Definitely not David Luiz. <laughs> well, I say no Arsenal players, but I do think there are quite a few Arsenal players with massive upside if certain things happen during the summer and certain players leave. I think you could see some big money coming into them. I think um, he's just talking about to conclude though, the next 10 games. Mm, I don't know. I don't. For me, I personally, I'm a bit more of a longer trader than that. A bit more long term. Mm, quite. Mm, mm. Uh, Maybe go for one of the wingers at Chelsea for the fun. You know, Hudson Odoi or Pulisic. Because Pedro and uh, who's the other boy? Pedro William. and William. Pedro's out of contract in like 12 days, isn't he? Yeah, they're not renewing, I don't believe. So we're going to get some good minutes for those two wingers there who I really rate. So mm. I may go for one of those two as well. All right, fair. fair. Okay. Uh, my turn. Uh, well, uh, FI Jack, Bruno's price by the start of next season. Oh. I'm going to give it to you in current game terms because... You know, I, I think it'd be about £11 current game terms, which may be underwhelming to some. But then if you think about dividend increases, obviously you're going to get an uplift on that price. Yeah, that's fair. Yourself? Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure. I like your answer. Okay, mate. Um, FI Gardner, how many traders do you think would turn up to the next FI trader, mate? <sighs> Depends when it is. Let's say it's it London. Tomorrow, November. Let's say, November, no, let's say <laughs> November, November the 5th, 7pm in London. Uh, about 
100. Oh, really? I think about 820. You think what space could hold that many people? I don't know, to be honest. They they won't be allowing events of 820 people in November. (laughs) Come on, let's be serious. (laughs) Absolute idiot. Next question. Uh, Next uh... (laughs) Rob Cheese, right? Have you you got this in front of you? Yeah, go on. Is this lad a relation of yours? Stupid question. I'm just going to mute that i don't know what he's trying to say there is he trying to question my teeth is he trying to question my hair I'll, you have to get back to me there he's been giving me quite a lot of stick this chap cheese right so cheese he's right. on a fi- cheese rights on a fine line for a good muting so oh, i'm not right. even going to respond to that right f <laughs> f <laughs> f i pat um would sporting panda sponsor my book i absolutely would and then he says, panda what pat are you what pat are you and why this week so he's given me nine Pictures of Pat Butcher. From, I'm definitely. From, this is from EastEnders, right? Yes, Pat Butcher from okay. EastEnders. This week, I've studied these in great detail. I'm number three. That's how I'm looking at the FI community this week with some of the stupid tweets and comments I've seen. I don't mean to I've, offend my fans, but have you got the have you got the nine Pat Butchers in front I've of you? I've got number three in front of me. Yeah. And I thought we were going to say you're number three because you're two missing products. No, no. Number six is in relation to Apple and mountain buggy. <laughs> that's really solemn and sad. Well, that's how I feel about it. But oh. number three is how I feel when I, I open up the timeline most days. Can right. FI Pat actually fuck off? Can we can we not have any Pat Butcher <laughs> questions anymore? Can <laughs> I, 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 got I, to I can't I got... go. We can't go like another twenty weeks with me literally not knowing what you're talking I've, about for like certain to... portions of the podcast. <laughs> I've got to ask you because we're doing it. What Pat Butcher are you think? Uh, One to this nine. week, this week, I'm like a. I don't smoke, but I'm probably a nine. <laughs> what? Uh, Why? Why not? Uh, because uh, I've had a, a lots of ups and ups and downs. More oh, ups, okay. more okay. ups that have been good, but like you know, uh, you know, when you have so many ups in a day that it stresses yeah. you out at the end of the day, he tires you out. You need maybe a cigarette. I don't smoke. Yes, yeah, that's a good answer. Okay, okay. So it's either two or two or nine. Okay. Um, over to you. Over to me. Banning FI Pat from that one. Uh, motoring through these for the fans. Thomas Moran, FI's finances, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yep. No worries if you don't have time, though. Should I give a quick four bullet points on that? There's a lot yeah, of comments on, on it. What's I haven't on the back of your napkin? I've been away uh, for five days, so I still haven't got back to people. So let me just try and get onto this now. So any bookmaker regulated by the UK Gambling Commission, um, I believe they have to hold the fair value of all bets in a separate account to be paid out from there. So that's a a liability pot which sits on your balance sheet. So the fair value, this is my understanding, that the fair value in this case is the dividend returns of the market over three years. Basically how much FI pay out. Yes, which is interesting because one of the first trader events I went to, Adam Cole, this was the this was the trader meet where Adam Cole announced, I think, the number that was going to be the share split. I think it was three. Was it that event? There was an event where Opta Joe was there. And um, I think it was when they announced the share split of it, it was going to be divisible by three. Yeah. Anyway, he referred to the dividend yield across the whole market as... I don't know. I can't remember the number, but let's say... Was it 21% or 19%? It it could have been. Yeah, he said we're paying out a very healthy 21%. And I was always confused by that for quite a long time, Fig, because I was like, why is he looking at it at a gross level? Um, And when you dig deeper, you realise that, okay, if Messi wins a dividend on one night, 
it's mutually exclusive of the others. So all of the other players can't win. So FI would look at it as a bucket. They'd look, they'd know how many dividends they pay out per month. They would know roughly how much they pay out per year. And they could work that out as a yield over the total market cap. So if they're paying out 20% a year, um, over three years, if all the shares were bought today, they would have to hold potentially 60% of bets placed in a separate pot on the balance sheet. Um, apart from that, they can use the money how they wish. So if you place a bet, you buy a Jaden Sancho share at £10. £10, I believe, is booked as uh, revenue, which goes through the top line of the P&L. You then have, say, 50% of that has to move to the balance sheet and sit as a financial liability. But the rest of that cash they can use on operating expenses. So that's the fundamental business model. And then we've got loads of commission over the top of that. And I think that's where people get confused. They believe that this product relies purely on commission to generate operating um, expenses and revenue. No, it doesn't work like that. It's like a bookmaker in the UK. When you place a bet with them, they can book that as revenue. Um, so that's my understanding of it hmm. in a nutshell. I think you've you've done a cracking job there. As long as FI have three years worth of those average dividend payouts per season, three years worth, then they're kind of free to do what they want with with the rest of the money yeah which is the, which is the beauty of it and that's very clear in the game rules um and it's a very genius business model and concept and you know you don't have to take my word for how healthy their finances are you look at the the tier one operating um, status as well and you know that's what's so exciting 30 million pounds give or take has come in since the start of covid how much cash is that for them that they've got to use on advertising marketing paying salaries out so anyway so that's my brief synopsis there i think you've done well um, there look forward to reading the paper <laughs> which i never get around i never get around to i feel bad for the dms but that's a start for people um, I'll, I'll i'll transcribe that and send it out to people oh fig like psa <laughs> i think we need the fig to i'm not a great writer i wish i was better at english but... if, if you give me if if we use some of that you give me some more bullet points we'll go back and forth on a gdoc and we'll, we'll hash it out okay i appreciate that go on your um, turn yeah this is from lb one of the smarter cookies out there do you think Rashford's media prospects have improved long term or is this is this a short term spike? How do you value him? Should I be worried that he's one of my biggest holds and take some profit or sit back and relax? I think you can sit back and relax for now. I think the variables that I'd be looking at is that kind of United conundrum that we've been discussing quite recently. The uh, the worst case scenario is that you have Sancho uh bruno pogba rashford all in one team and then martial start scoring like 25 goals a season that is for rashford that would be the worst case scenario um and then he's obviously also off penalties so you've got to factor in i suppose is his pb the the, the hit on his pb game by losing free kicks and penalties has that been made up by the recent um increased media profile I think that's the kind of formula you have to work out. And then I think you also have to work out what's the best case scenario. So the best case scenario is Pog believes um, Martial isn't playing that well. Sancho doesn't come this season. And Rashford is kind of like the main man alongside Bruno next season. So yeah, the face of the club. you have to think about the probabilities of where in that spectrum Rashford yeah. kind of lies, if that makes sense. Really nice answer. I would say that for people that want to look at it, the goals and assists, GNA per 90... Um, this season as a left winger 
is around 1.0, which is extremely good. That's including but, penalties, though, isn't it? But that's well, that's what I'm just going to say. That that had seven penalties in there, which five I think were scored, and free kicks. He's lost both of those to Bruno, so he's a far worse PB hold in my opinion. But you've got this media uplift. I would be taking profit and moving away from him. Maybe controversial, but there you go. Paid for opinions. Paid for. And he doesn't, and, and LB doesn't care, I think, anyway. So. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, the Tickles. If FI started an NFL slash NBA platform, who are Ooh. your first buys? So give me three from each. I, I can't comment on the NFL because I'm not really Okay, can I can I go NFL and go you on. do NBA? Go on. So NFL, Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as one of the all-time great quarterbacks. I haven't seen anybody throw the ball like him on the move and with such accuracy. So Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl last year, he's pick one. Saquon Barkley, a running back for the Giants, hugely talented. I'll probably pick him too because he's going to rack up performance buzz points and he's a big media spotlight profile in the New York region. Number three, uh, I may go for Russell Wilson for the Seattle Seahawks, who has consistently kept that team in it and competitive, even with the talent around him not being great. So those are my three. Basketball, please, Vic. I'd go, I'd probably have to go LeBron James, wouldn't I? Even at this age? Even at his age. Wow. He's like the Messi. Uh, I don't even know if he is, though, because he's like a lot more... I think media in the NBA would be a bit different because I don't think players have as big as restriction on what they can oh, and okay. can't say. Um, so I think that we'd see a lot more... Uh, like, I think he'd be really, really dominant in okay. kind of media. Mm. Uh, Luka Doncic? Yep. That would yep. be one of mine. And yep. then as a third quite a big mb fan but he's so injury prone so i won't go for him steph curry mm, i think too old he's 30 uh, uh. maybe how old's Kawhi these days i'd probably have to go for james harden oh houston at the rockets yes yeah, yeah. Okay. just because you could imagine his pb scores sure. being ridiculous fair enough okay. go on your turn um football index tw I like this account. On a scale of 1 to 10, how self-entitled is the Football Index Twitter community? Like a 6.75. Yeah, 6.5 for me. Um, over to you. Uh, would you rather fight 100 horse-sized Chinese ducks or 100,000 Chinese duck-sized horses? That's from FI Audit. Oh, what on earth? What the, what's the first option? 100 horse-sized Chinese ducks or 100,000... 100, I can't even get my head around this. 100... So ducks that horse size? Yes. Yeah, or what's the other one? Or 100,000 Chinese duck-sized horses. I don't know why they're Chinese in either case, but I'm just reading the question. Um, oh, it's because it's because you t- you said that China are moving ducks from... Yeah, 100,000 ducks are flying into Pakistan yeah. as we speak. Um, <laughs> as we speak. I've, I've had the memo. Uh, oh, can I tell you... Oh, no. uh, I don't I'm know fine, the answer I'm this. fighting the, the 100-horse-sized uh, du- uh, ducks. Yeah, probably 100%. would. 100%. China... I'm finding that a really challenging most. That's up there with Rashford. Do you know how many... That's so challenging. Do you know how many 100,000 duck-sized horses is? Just think about yeah. how many of them are there. Ducks. You'd get, people... you'd get run amok. I'd, I'd dodge... I'd I don't dodge know duck, if I would because... Duck and weave I have, past those I have, ducks. I have lightning feet. People used to call me the, the, the Michael Flatley uh, <laughs> of secondary school. My feet were like lightning. I could kick these ducks away. One, two, one, two, one, two, at the speed no, of light. A hundred thousand so, of them. Yeah. It oh, wouldn't be a, pr- a problem for me. No. 
I don't, don't buy it. I'd, I'd I'd probably I'd probably give these hundred horse-sized Chinese ducks a bit of a run around, like a bit of a duck and weave. Like oh, a, I see. If you faint yes. till they get tired, and yeah. then just maybe kick them in the kick them in the legs, trip them over, and that's that's Fair it, point. isn't it? But yeah, good can I tell you something really interesting? Marketing. This is for Chris Harris. I've got I've just read. I read this the other day. I was going to tell you. Right. Let's say you've got a, a Diet Coke vending machine on the middle of campus. Okay. Diet Coke. Yeah, you've got a Diet Coke vending machine. Yeah. In the middle of a campus. Okay. And it issues 100 cans of Diet Coke per day. Just a random number, right? Let's now say I bring a Pepsi vending machine and put it next to the Diet Coke vending machine. Okay, if you had a hundred cans of Diet Coke per day being vended, how many now do you think are going to be vended? What, 80, is it eighty-seven? Okay, the answer is there'd be two hundred cans each machine. Yeah, what? because the reason is that you go from mentally thinking, "Am I going to have a Diet Coke or not?" to "Am I going to have a soda or not?" It, it lures ah, you in. I believe okay. it's why there's a lot of fast food chains all congregated with each other on a high street because rather than walk past and say do i want a mcdonald's or not you think what should i eat you know what fast food should i have yeah it changes your mindset yeah yeah because then you get pulled in if we were doing one of those what are those diagrams called where it's like a yes or no uh, and you move on to something else yeah 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 it's one of those if if all all the people are automatically bucketed in a yes your sales definitely increase don't they correct so that's so chris harris might be able to confirm that for me he might he might be able to um Right, it's my question, isn't it? Go on. Yours. Uh, this is one that FI Tonic has made me ask. You know, he's been giving me a bit oh, of stick. God, that so man. This is the last he, one. He is another that needs a band, doesn't he? Pat he's on Tonic, it, they're yeah. on my list. Right, he says here, question for both you and Fig, and he's desperate we answer it, been waiting weeks. If you, could both, if you could both be one piece of fruit that gets eaten by me, then what fruit would it be and why? To help build a picture, imagine I'm sitting on a log by the river, completely soaking wet, Having just pretended to drown a teddy bear. Sidebar, I'm not a big chewer. I don't fucking know. What can you say to that? Some grapes. Don't really have to chew them, do you? It's like one chew and they go... Oh, you've gone on to mute, Fig. Sorry, I was profusely swearing. I don't know why I've just gone on mute. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear the question? Yeah, I did. I did. I said grapes. Um... Grapes, okay. Uh, he'll be pleased that we've answered it yeah he will that's but, enough I think yeah I, mean, I, I said, and my reasoning was you they're like a one chew and done yes and yes. they go down I'll, down your throat I'd let I'd be a pomegranate so he can sort of uh, excrete Swallow. my seed all over and plant more pomegranate uh, fruit so <laughs> so yeah. weird um, <sighs> do you think it was fair for David Louise to win media buzz with all negative news however relevant it was that's from Maxwell Midas I do, yes. Yep, I've got not a lot to say about that. On pitch activity, absolutely fair. No complaints. Hmm, you no think? complaints here either, although I hate that man at the moment. So I've got 12 days. <laughs> it just pissed me off because Arsenal were doing all right until he came on. The injuries were big, weren't we they? We even Greenwich. talked about it yeah. last night. And, yeah, um, we did. The athleticism in the field just got absolutely destroyed. when uh, Because although Mary was given a bit of a hard time, he did get he get he got in people's faces and then yes, got injured. David Louise just comes on and does again worst performance in Premier League history, worst performance in PB history, all rolled yeah. in one. Correct. Um, is it you or me? It's you. Should we go last two each? 
Last two each then. Okay, Joe says, have I had any bets on Ascot? No, I don't bet on horse racing or anything that I don't have an edge on. Uh, Robbo says, when is the best time to get back on the Bundesliga and League Untrend? I think we've answered that last week. Would you yeah. suggest we said about like, three to four weeks time, Fug? We said like mid-July, didn't we? Or, we said or, mid-July. Or late June, early July. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't, last one from you then, I think. Wouldn't waste too long on that. Um... <sighs> We've, we've failed to get through them all, but I think we've done a good job. Uh, God, I've, I've just, my fucking timeline is just FI Pat. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Hope you're both well. This is from Tommy Staggs. We do like his questions. Hello, Tommy. Like them. All right, Tommy. All right, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the better hold over the next few years, Foden or Odegaard, and why? Cheers. God. That's a that's a tough one, isn't it? It's a brilliant question. Odegaard got a lot of stick last week, but that's on a random note. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, if I can criticise Kimmich and Cruz, you know, obviously with heightened price rise comes heightened expectation. So I expected a bit of backlash if he didn't come out and look like Pele. Um, so that was interesting. Um, who's the better hold? I think they've both got bundles of talent. I still believe Odegaard has got a higher ceiling and has the ability to have a 10-year career where he runs games, albeit maybe a lower probability than Foden. I'll go I'll go a touch Odegaard, but mm. it's difficult. It's a very I think hard both good one. players. I think yeah. I probably agree with you, but it's so hard, that one. That one. Yeah. I've got one last one from okay. Tamas, the Hungarian hustler. Hello, Tamas. Um, where would England finish in Euro 2020? And where will they finish in Euro 2021? And what team mm. would have been the winner in both cases? Or would have been the winner in this Euros and will be the winner in 2021? So go on. Oh, that's hard on That's a spot. good question though, isn't it? Yeah, I think England would have been called to finalists this year. And I think next year we have an opportunity to be semi-finalists. Wow, okay. Um, I, I don't know if we've got the central defence partnership sorted out yet. I don't think we've got... And number nine, that's dynamic enough. I mean, I'm, I've been quite critical of an eye of Harry Kane and he, you know his athleticism, which he's probably harsh. He's had some bad injuries. So I think the break will do him well. I think semi-finals next year. Yeah, yeah. And who's going to win? Oh, and who France. would have won last year? Or this year, sorry. Who would have won this year? It's boring, isn't it, to suggest France, but it I find it very hard to, uh, very so hard hard to look past, past them. them. Because like, if you think about that core that won it, like uh, the won the World Cup, you've got... Uh, you've got Varane and Umtiti together at the back, but okay, Umtiti's now not in form and injured. Who do they bring in? Well, they've got like a gajillion other centre backs that they could play there. Laporte, Upamecano, they've got Saliba yeah. coming up. They've got yeah. um, so many other players that could play centre half for them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Strong midfield, obviously. Mbappe, Griezmann. Yeah, they've they've got loads of options, it's, haven't they? It's a joke, isn't it? Uh, a sneaky team could be Netherlands, who are quite a good yeah. unit. Yeah, yeah, they look good. They look good. Um, who else is there? I don't don't really fancy Germany these days. No, Portugal no, looked decent the these days actually. Yeah, but Belgium. Bruno. But I don't be- I don't believe in Roberto Martinez. No, I don't think Belgium. I think their defense is quite weak. Yeah, they didn't. They um, lacked fullbacks, didn't they, at the last yeah. tournament? I felt. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Portugal might have a chance though. Ronaldo, Bruno, Jao Felix, uh, Bernardo Silva. Yes. Um, and then they've obviously got Guerrero as well at left hack. They've got a few good players. Um, yeah. The the uh, Wolves keeper, what's his name again? Patricio. So they've got a decent squad there, I think. Yeah. And my, my final answer, this is, I promise we will go. Oh, wow, wow. This is from Wilfo the Gooner. He says, what percentage of your total profit dividends account for? 
what percentage your traders aim for. I think it really just depends on what your philosophy is, what your investment setup is. Do you want to close the app and walk away? Or, you know, do you want to trade a lot and try and pick up capital appreciation? Um, mine is, I think, 80,000 dividends and about 520 profits. So what's that? A fifth? I'm pretty close on a fifth as well, I think. I'm about so I'm about fifth, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is... I was about 10% last April when I put that series of tweets out. So I've actually in increased my dividend um, collection over the last 12 months. I, I actually think that um, what I used to do is I used to ensure that I was around about the same percentage. Oh, yeah. 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 Hmm. But now I don't really care that much. Interesting. No. Oh, well, well pleasure, Fig. Well, you wanted to keep it to an hour. So here we are, an hour and three minutes. Good 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 at sporting underscore panda and i uh, should be more around over the next week so oh, i'll yes. try and uh, get back to some dms i was away last week as i say so thank you very much for joining me as you know you can find me at fi guide check out our uh, you know hot miking we're going to be doing some more commentary on some games in the future come and support us on there and uh yeah for really next is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose thanks everyone for listening have a great day hope you enjoyed it